and welcome to the first ever Guitar Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Who is with me this evening? Hello, my name's Jay. Uh, Jay Cross, how's it going? <laughs> Hello, my name's Matt. Uh, yeah, and I'm coming from the other side of England. Well, no, no, the M23. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a small motorway in between us. And hello, uh, I'm Joe Banton. I'm here for bass-related queries. Isn't it good to be back, chaps? It uh, is. It's good to be back on bass-related yes. queries. It's... I don't have to worry about like guiding these chumps around anymore. Yeah, it's me in charge. <laughs> I guess so... it's funny because you say it's the first Guitar Nerds podcast, but it's not the first podcast we've done, but it's like the first of a new era. For it those, feels exciting. For those just joining us, uh, this is a podcast about guitars and uh, being nerdy about guitars and all of the cool things that we love about guitars, amps, pedals, bass guitars, acoustic guitars. Uh, we like strings and power supplies as well. Yeah, we'll talk a lot about pedals, I think. Um, so as this is the first one of a, of a new podcast, I guess, we should sort of introduce... Like we all did a podcast before um, when we were working for a retailer, um, and we are now back together again to Free talk lots. about guitars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just to explain, Matt is a, a former Brightonian who is now living north of north of the M25, north of the wall. So you're joining us, joining us on the internet. Yeah, I'm trying to work out when how long the delay is so that I don't talk over people or you talk over me well you're sounding good at least so we'll try not to talk over you and uh, feel free to when, jump when in when do I not sound good well I mean you always, you've always sounded great but uh, the internet right. is not hampering that in any way so um, yeah, yeah we're going to we'll talk about hopefully over the coming weeks and months uh, on a weekly basis we're going to talk about guitars new releases um, we'll review some stuff uh, we'll talk about what we've been playing um, the new stuff on the market things that have just come out um, and mainly we'll be answering your questions now for a while we've had a Facebook group uh, running facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds group um, where people lovely people submit questions and talk about stuff so I thought as a way to kick off let's take some questions from the group sounds wonderful sounds good to me so um, first up Scott says uh, we finally have a bass player. He's talking about his band. Um, uh, he doesn't currently own a bass. Any views his on bass the... player? Yeah, doesn't own a bass. Okay. Um, any views on the best budget bass <laughs> slash bass amp combo for a sort of folk rock folk off band? Uh, we need some proper low end to balance out the plinkier instruments. Firstly, I really like the name of the genre folk off. I think that is uh, that's that's definitely a good one. <laughs> Uh, well, this is uh, this is quite an easy one, I guess. Um, we've we've banged on about um, about really good budget bases for for a long time, mainly because one of the best bases I think that we sell is the Squire Matt Freeman Precision Base, uh, which is you know sub four hundred pounds. Oh, I know what you were saying. <laughs> right, yeah, um, which is sub uh, four hundred pounds, and and they're absolutely brilliant. Kind of based on the seventies style P bass, um, maple neck. You can get it in like a vintage white or a black with a black scratch. A decent bridge, brass saddles, a great sounding pickup. There's kind of no changes you need to make to that, and it's really affordable. See, for me, four hundred pounds maybe is not a budget instrument. Oh, do you I mean, think, oh, I think that's you're starting getting to like your intermediate. You're kind of uh, out regular gigging type yeah, bass at that point. Right. Well, say you had two hundred pounds or two fifty oh, spent. I tell you what, that's actually a perfect price um, point to give us for this because um, 
very recently, Squire have decided to... Now, I'm not sure of the reason, actually. I, I think they I assume they're discontinuing it, but they do a, a, a classic vibe 50s P-Bass, which is based on the earlier model P-Bass before they introduced the split pickup. So a, a flat single coil in the middle of the body, uh, a 55 P-Bass body shape. And that was just under 400 quid. They're now... Um, retailing everywhere for around £250, which is a classic vibe for £250. And we've just seen a price hike by Fender and Squire recently. Everything's just gone up a little bit. So to have... So classic vibe things that were £400, I think, are now, like, £450. And you're looking at £250 quid for one of them that... So that, I mean, that's my bet for £250. P-Bass, classic vibe P-Bass. Yeah, but of course you've got vintage modified. You've got everything in the vintage I really modified. like that, that 70s vintage modified jazz. I, I used to have one of those. and I Everyone was, in the world had one of those. Yeah, I, mean, I thought but... it was great. Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt borrowed it for a tour. And Matt, yeah, you had, and then I bought the black one. Yeah, you had the 77 reissue. Yeah, which has got block inlays, yeah. isn't it, as well? Uh, block pearl, pearl yeah. block inlays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always yeah. had black It did, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely back, gentlemen. We're talking about classic vibe and vintage <laughs> modified straight away uh, and talking about how pretty much all of us have owned one. So uh, I think we can actually stay on the same brand for AMP as well, if okay. they're talking like combo, because I think the new um, or new-ish uh, Fender Rumble series, um, which uh, has been completely redesigned uh, last year, um, kind of uh, based on Fender's acquisition of Gens Benz, they completely redesigned the um, the Rumble series, and it now has very much the same kind of control spectrum that all the the amazing um, American built Gens Benz stuff had before. And you can pick up, a, you know, like a five hundred watt combo for three hundred pounds. Nice. I, I mean, I think am I still on? But I think I'm on budget territory. How much? Three hundred. Yeah. Yeah, for a budget bass amp. Yeah. So definitely. you'd be looking at like five fifty for the whole lot. I mean, for a gigging rig, I think to be able to pay less than a thousand pounds for for something that you can gig is is pretty top notch. For bass, you've got to have something quite chunky. I remember buying a Trace Elliott Boxer combo as my first uh, bass combo. And uh, that was like 150 watts, something like that. One by 15 um, speaker in there. So just about gigable. Exactly. Yeah, it kind of got there. They were quite good. Like, Trace Elliott's had some weird (laughs) ups and downs throughout the years, but... um, I think those were quite good. What, like the Tolex that just peels off? Yeah, I mean, this didn't have that. This was, like, actually rugged. Didn't I read that it was something to do with... They they changed to some form of glue that they were using on the Tolex that was, A, cheaper and supposed to be... was masqueraded under the idea that it was more ethical and it basically didn't work at all. So all the Tolex on a certain series of early 2000 Trace Elliott's just peels off. That sounds like something you'd go for, Jay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> ethical glue in yeah. amps <laughs> what were you saying Matt a bit of Pritt stick sort that out yeah just no that's probably what they were using yeah definitely I'd hear that that's uh, robust <laughs> um, so yeah I guess that would that would do it nice little um, Fender rumble combo and then depending on your budget either like one of the classic vibes yeah I know the- that we're sticking with brands that we that we tend to aim at but Really, there's nothing touching Squire for quality at the moment at, at the at the entry level. I mean, I think Schecter have done some really nice stuff with their uh, like their Diamond series and things like that, but they're not quite as good as the classic vibe and vintage modified stuff. What if you wanted to go Act 
active. So something with a battery in the back for a little bit more versatility. Ibanez have kind of got it sewn up at the moment, I think, across the across the board, really. Their SR series, whilst I really dislike the look of them and they're, they're just so little and lightweight and horrible. But <laughs> <laughs> but for the active player, I think they're really good. I mean, you can you can spend... As soon as you hit the four hundred pound mark on on an Ibanez SR, you get Bartolini pickups. Yeah. You get a Jatoba. I mean, that's, that's pretty bananas, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. As soon as you hit like the six hundred and fifty pound mark, you get Nordstrand pickups, which are pretty much generally considered to be the best pickups for bass. Um, but even at the entry level, in like with the S the SR three hundreds and things like that, they're like. 250 300 pounds and yeah. they're they're brilliant the uh i can't remember the name of pickups is it mec the bit oh no yes. that's no that's it, the warwick that's ones. warwick isn't it i can't remember what that or cap that's it cap for for ibanez so you got mec emg cap and bartolini bartolini <laughs> very good um so that gives you a few options scott uh, for your baseless bass player um i would say yeah i mean the squire if you want something for folk off you can really oh, folk yeah, it was for off. folk, wasn't it? Folk yeah. off. So, yeah, let's go with Fender, Squire. That'll do the job. Um, Chris says, uh, and Matt, this is definitely one for you, uh, wondering if anyone can answer this. It's about pedals like the Strymon Deco and El Capistan that have a mono input and stereo out. It creates a problem that I can't figure out how to solve. Let's say I wanted to run an El Cap uh, into the Deco. I want to run both pedals in stereo. Now, I plug into the one that... Uh, one input that the El Capitan, El Capstan has, uh, but I can't run both outputs into the Deco because it again only has one input. So what do I do? Do I run the left output of the El Capistan into the input of the Deco and the stereo out from the Deco into both amps? And will they both then be running in stereo? Matt Knight. Well, this is where reading the manual always helps <laughs> because they actually do. Because actually, they've already thought of that. So they can have an expression pedal input. The stereo input is basically in the mono input, and you've got a little jumper cable inside, and you just buy a TRS to dual mono, and then that means you can patch together all those cables, all those pedals. So you go guitar in, stereo, well, dual mono out to stereo in, and then you can go stereo out. So there's just a little jumper inside, basically. So how do, you how do you access that? Uh, you just take the back panel off and there's a tiny little switch and you just switch, I think, from like one to two and then that makes the input um, except stereo. So you can go dual mono to stereo into it. Is that, on the, stereo. is that on the El Capistan and the mono? The Deco. Uh, Sorry, Deco. El Capistan and the Flint and the Deco. Right, cool. And I, I guess... I, is the yeah. the blue sky as well, or is the blue sky stereo in and out? No, stereo uh, stereo in. No, actually, yeah, it might be on that as well. Anything that's got mono in but stereo out, yeah, it works on. Wow, that's really smart. Handy tip: read the manual. Like it's so uh, so tempting, particularly with something like the Deco. That's you just want to plug it in and listen to it yeah but uh, you know people like Strymon are hiding loads of cool things I mean the other option is just buy one and then when you get into a, an issue with it ask us the question and Matt will answer it for you that's yeah. I, I'd rather do that than read the manual I've got to be honest yeah the matchul the matchul yeah 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 
Well, yeah. You could do that. <laughs> or just read well, the yeah. yeah, you could do that, but please don't ask me these questions. <laughs> no, uh, it's all right. I, I, do, I do find joy in reading manuals. <laughs> but that's just what I do. That's why I know more than you boys. <laughs> <laughs> I see that you've been building some pedal boards. You've been posting some stuff up on the group. Have you run into anything where you needed to get the manual out or do you just know it all? Actually, I was really sad today and went through my all the settings on my timeline and I was like, I want to create a DD3 sound. So what I'll do is I'll work out, I'll look up what the original sample rate and bits were on a DD3 and then match the hertz rating on the timeline to the hertz on the, time, uh, on the DD3 because I found out that the chip sample rate is slightly dear to most delay pedals now. It's slightly what? That was the. Uh, it's slightly different now. Like they obviously, as technology's got better, the chips they put in delay pedals have got much better. So you get a much higher bandwidth. So you get a much cleaner delay. Where the old Boss pedals obviously were sort of, you know, much older technology. So the sample rate wasn't. But on the timeline, you can actually turn the sample rate down and create like an older digital delay. Gotcha. Um, right. Wow. Welcome to that was sad. <laughs> welcome to yeah. the perfect podcast for guitar beginners. Um, <laughs> if this is your first time listening and you've made it this far through, then uh, yeah, be prepared to do a bit of reading because sometimes uh, we it's guitar nerds, isn't it? We're nerdy. We're nerds. Although it, saying that halfway through. <laughs> Matt's description there me and Joe just looked at each other just like what <laughs> he's basically making an old delay pedal out of a yeah, new one that I, costs five times yeah, as much yeah I got that much yeah <laughs> <laughs> on that note Alex says can anyone recommend a good delay pedal for around £100 I'm building my first pedal board and for delay I've had a Dr. Tone analogue delay but it leaves me wanting more features like tap tempo reverse and just longer delay the TC Electronic Delay and Looper and Boss DD have caught my eye. Any others that you can vouch for? I think for around um, that sort of money, it's quite difficult to look past the um, the flashback. Yep. They're a little bit more. They're, um, I think, like 130 or something like that. It's a little above 100 quid. It's around 100 pounds. Yeah, yeah. But they, um, they're great. They, they don't have a tap tempo on them per se, but the way they get around that is... If you want to set the tempo, you hold down the switch for um, for a couple of seconds, and then you can strum your guitar, um, and it will work out the tempo that way. I forgot that they did that, because I've got the... Um, I forget the name of it now. I've got a version. It's on my pedal board just there. It's the version of the flashback. Yeah, the alter ego. Alter ego, that's yeah. the one. I'd forgotten, because I was tr- couldn't remember how to do tap tempo on yeah. it the other day, and unlike Matt... I didn't get the manual out. I don't think I ever had the manual for that pedal. Um, Did you just chuck the box away straight away? Yeah, I got it. I think I got it off Matt in the end. So, um, so he's probably got the manual. So he's somewhere. got the box. <laughs> in fact, no, I have got the box. Yeah, it's in the cupboard. I probably have got the manual somewhere. So, um, actually, no, wait, they don't come with the manual in the box. There we go. That's why I've not read the <laughs> manual. See, why do you even know that? Why who knows that? You shouldn't know that. Sorry, you, you can't let go, but I'm going to guess it wasn't important. But, <laughs> the, um, but yeah, so that's, I think that's a really smart way to get around, um, like, having an extra, you know, pedalboard. Pedalboard real estate is so, it's such a hot topic nowadays, guys. Totally. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's a really good way to get around not having 
um, not having a tap tempo. And I, I, is that feature unique to TC pedals? I think it is. Is it, Mac? You think of anything else that does? Uh, no, I don't think. I've never seen anything else that's got that same feature. It, it's don't they call it like a soft switch or something like that, where it's like a almost like a digital switch rather than a hard like circuit on and off. Yeah, it's slightly different to the boss switch. I, th- I there's quite a few things that have come out with it now, um, but it's not the same as like a boss pedal, and it's not obviously like the same as electroharmonic. So it's I think it's like a dual function switch. But yeah. uh, to be honest, I have no idea how it works. I think it's more that it's sending like digital messages rather than being like you know an like actual, on a big yeah, muff yeah. like an analog circuit on like off a type thing. Clunk. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it it somehow. It converts audio to a, a particular like digital message that then relates it to tempo. But I don't know. I assume it's just exactly how it works. I assume it's just picking up on like the like loud points if you're like strumming. Yeah, music that's exactly how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it's just like finding the common. Yeah, that's not right. great for live application of using a tap tempo. Well, I mean the signal doesn't come through, so like. Once, if you hold down the pedal, oh okay, all right. If you, if you hold down the pedal, it doesn't um, like it, it. It doesn't mute your signal, but it mutes like the pedal, right? Gotcha. Um, so that you can you can go like, or like, how can you go? You can go if you want a quick delay. Yeah, you'll go. And I'll just run through a slow delay for you. Okay, right. How does the slow delay go? How slow? That's too slow. Really? Okay. Is that? Yeah, I'm not sure a delay could even do that. Yeah, it could. Yeah, a flashback could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're saying that the uh, <laughs> TC Electronics flashback is a very, very good delay pedal I for think around great. 100 pounds. Yeah, I think they're great. What's the um, What's the current thinking on the Boss DD series, which um, the Alex um, also pointed out in his email? What are we thinking on DDs, Matt? Um, I I. I mean, I love the DD3, but you don't have tap tempo or any of the other features. Um, so I would say DD7's great because you can buy the optional tap switch as well for that, which works out quite well. Is that you just need a FS5U, right? Yeah, the yeah, the unlatching, the unlatching one. one. Yeah, the FS5U. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So essentially, what we're saying is there, you can make that a tap tempo by buying the kind of add-on yeah you do pedal. need to buy another pedal for it and it will also you know those uh dd7s will give you loads of different delays you've got yeah. you know even analog sounding stuff in there yeah. as well is there a, is there a reverse on the seven yeah or... i think there's reverse modulate uh analog and then there's, and then there's three, three different, different time digital signals, delay yeah you have got tap tempo the same way you've got tap tempo on the flashback where you can hold the pedal down for two seconds and then you can Oh, and then tap you the kick button. it in, don't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's quite neat. And that doesn't cut out the delay signal, so you can leave that live all the time if you want. Oh, you can leave what the tap tempo switched on? Yeah, you can just leave it going all the time, but then you've got no on and off for the delay. So if you just want to leave delay on all the time, then you can just leave it in tap tempo mode. Why wouldn't you want to leave delay on all the time? Well, exactly. That's why you have two delay pedals. <laughs> One's your like bass sound, and then just you know one for an effect. Yeah, exactly. How many delay pedals is the most delay pedals you've seen on a pedal board? Uh, I think I had four of mine once. <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> the um, the I've just finished a tour with my band, and the band that we were touring with, one of their guitarists, the only pedals he has on his pedal board are delays, and he has three, and that's it. Three of those, a channel wow. selector, and a tuner. Joe said, Matt, you've been to this. Joe said that one of the fellas on the tour had um, had a pedal board that had four expression pedals on it. <laughs> a bass player. The bass player. Yeah, yeah. He what? was playing. He was playing a Fender bass six. Uh, it was a Dutch band oh, called so, The Howl Ensemble. Oh, so it was a guitarist. Sorry, yeah, the guitarist. No, the guitarist was playing a um, a jazz master. The guy okay. playing the bass six. Yeah, the guy yeah, playing so the, the guitarist. Bass six. <laughs> oh, oh, I see what you're saying. The bass player, the baritone player, had um, uh, yeah, was going through a Fender bass six, and he had two of the Moog Mooga Fuga pedals on there, as well as an array of other things. What was the switch? The Octa switch. The Octa switch. The Carl Martin Octa yeah, switch. Yeah, so they both had Carl Martin Octa switches for their pedal boards that had wheels. They had to wheel in their pedal boards. But yeah, the, the bass player, there were, yeah, three separate expression pedals controlling various things. That's too much. That's too... That's too... <laughs> it wasn't too much. It was a sonic joy. Wow. <laughs> three expression pedals. Too many. Anyway, moving on. Strat says... His name is Strat. No. Good old boy. Strat says, I have a bunch of pedals that I'm pretty happy with, but I was wondering if there was something that I could buy that would serve as an amp or preamp if the amp broke and I had to go straight into the PA. Um, something pedal sized, let's say, because I wouldn't want to have any hassle carrying it around. What's the current I mean, thinking? <laughs> I mean, surely M- M5? No, really? because it needs to have like... What it was... needs to have an amp modelling, surely, if it's going straight Oh, okay. Well, okay. Oh, 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 well, I suppose if it's got to be... What was that Sans amp thing? The, the GT. No, no, the, the with Plexi beams, tiny. Uh, the Fly Rig. The Fly, oh, Fly Rig 5. Yeah. For those who don't know, Matt, do you want to explain what the Fly Rig 5 was? Because I think that is a... If you're looking for a good, small travel solution, that's a great option. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 did, I suppose it's really designed as an all-in-one just solution so you can just plug in and you don't have to take your pedal board or if you're, like, going on tour. So you've got, um, what is it, the, San, the Sans amp in the middle, the Plexi drive at the front and then delay at the end. Yes. Um, so you've effectively got, yeah, so you've got your overdrive section running into an amp section uh, with reverb and then going into... Um, a delay which you can also use as a chorus but because you've got the um sans amp in there you can go straight into a pa it's when i saw it i actually couldn't believe how much stuff is in there because it's definitely small enough to fit into like the front pocket of a gig bag yeah it's tiny and not only uh, does it have a lot on it but they're all really high quality effects like, does anyone know how much they retail yeah. at, at the moment roughly the no. no i can't remember I'll look it up. I don't, I don't but, work here anymore, so... <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's... I just meant generally, but it's still substantially less than buying those those three or four pedals ind- individually. Is it like 239 maybe? Which is know, ridiculous, because that's like the price of one. The only problem with it is I've, I find that... Um, they're about 200 quid. The, the only problem I have with it is, um, like, sometimes I really want to sound just like Richie Cotson. <laughs> <laughs> And um, and it doesn't quite let me sound enough like Richie Cotson. Do you have any uh, any recommendations on for something that does this exact job, but lets me sound like Richie Cotson? Any ideas, Matt? What the Fly Rig Five of Richie Cotson signature? <laughs> Why? They've replaced the. Uh... They've replaced the um, standard Sansamp overdrive with the OMG overdrive. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's Richie Cotson's signature pedal, isn't it? The OMG. I d- but I, d- I just don't understand how they just they must have made it because it came out straight away they must have already made it but why did they suddenly <laughs> maybe they made that first Cotson? and we're like we can't be, we can't we've got to do something proper first you know who's popular richie cotson <laughs> um who, who is richie cotson i actually don't know matt he's in a band called the winery dogs oh richie cotson from the winery dogs with <laughs> billy sheehan there we go first mention of billy but sheehan he, i mean he also he also uh, has also, the most he has a signature japanese telly. telecaster with gold hardware he does it's um it's like a yeah. 60s bound sunburst yeah uh, really telly. massive flame on it yeah loads of flame and uh, and it's got those um those mini humbuckers that like hot rails them? yeah hot rails Oh. The winery dogs are the best band ever. He also doesn't use a plectrum, boys and girls. Who would do that? But didn't yeah. he? Um, didn't Richie Cotson also have a signature Zoom G two as well? What he did? <laughs> yes, he did. You're right. He did have a Zoom G two signature. Do you remember when they did that? A whole, a whole line of Zoom G two signature models. Yeah, well, I think it was, one. was John Five as well. Yeah. I think John Five had one. He definitely um, did. And. George Lynch as well, he had one. Yeah, maybe it was George Lynch, not Richie Cotson, that had no, one. No, Richie Cotson definitely had one. <laughs> Did he? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. What other bands has he been in, JLC? You're on his I'm Wikipedia. just thinking, he was in a band called Arthur's Museum. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was in Mr. Big. Oh, yeah, there exactly. we go. There, he replaced Paul Gilbert in Mr. Big. I didn't there know we that. Um, there we go. On Wikipedia, one of his associated acts is Poison. He wasn't even Poison, was he? He might have been. You never know. I'm just trying to... I can't... Look, it doesn't matter. He's in bands with Billy Sheehan. He's all right by you. I introduced... Talking about Paul Gilbert, I introduced one of my uh, colleagues to the... Um, <laughs> To the video the video where he's in the space suit it's just and also then after that we watched the video where he shreds on a double bass oh yeah just what a man he's easily i think we should actually do like an episode on paul gilbert because like none of us are really into shred guitar but he's the best one yeah he's, he's so, so good. good what about matt you, will you show me that video of him like he's like listen check out this lick and then he just pulls a rabbit out of the hat or out of a hat or something like yeah. that He's like, oh, check He's out. got the best instructional videos. He says something like, oh, check out this trick or something like that. And then he like doesn't actually play anything <laughs> on the guitar, just pulls a rabbit out from behind, <laughs> like out of his shirt or something. He's so good. So good. Anyway, so um, anything, <coughs> any other options? Fake F-holes on his signature Ibanez. Yeah, though. amazing. Amazing. I mean. Any other options uh, for this kind of preamp pedal? Is there any, anything a bit cheaper that maybe just does the sort of... Cause, um, uh, what about the um, those, those Zoom pedal? Uh, the Zoom CD60? That's a Fender acoustic guitar. <laughs> <laughs> no, what was that, what's that pedal? The um, Matt, what's that Zoom pedal? Oh, the MS100BT. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's close Matt, to... did you get that from, from Jay going, Matt... What was that Zoom pedal? Yes. Oh, I would have got there in the end. Um, the reason that I don't think that's really suitable is because Strat actually says that he's got quite a few pedals that he uses right. already. So is there something that's maybe like 100 quid that is just a preamp? I mean, there's, there's a Sans amp, isn't there? Just the GT. Yeah, there is the GT. GT2? GT is that the one? Yeah, and or anything, um, anything, 
any of the boss pedals that have got the Cosm technology, you can go out from there. So anything like if you've got um, like a Boss ME25 or an oh, ME... Oh, I don't know why we haven't mentioned ME80. That's such you know, an obvious budget Yeah, choice. I mean, the ME25 Again, is... It's got quite a lot of pedals. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But or, or to, what I'd be actually... The reason that I was going down that route was um, a couple of the um, a couple of their reverb pedals um, have got built in the um the cosm technology so like the, those fender reverb pedals that they had yes they've got built they've got the cosm technology built in so they've got the amp modeling technology built in there already were they so they, you could go straight out of those into a desk oh yeah do you remember the the bass man yeah well? that's they it that bass yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, technically yeah. i mean they weren't just reverb pedals were they yeah, they, the, were, the bass they were actually they were apt. Yeah, yeah 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 so there was a 65 and a uh, and a and a um a 63 reverb mm. Where, is there um, a simple line six solution at the moment? Because obviously amp modelling traditionally has been like the realm of sort of digital line yeah. six are one of the big players in that. Is there anything that just does? Well, that's why I was saying. I was thinking the uh, M five doesn't pocket the... pod. Yeah, pocket pod's an option. I mean, are we overlooking um, the the forty four Magnum here? Well, yeah, there was that as I well. I mean, there's always going to be if that's if... there's no preamp section to that though. No, is the only... no. No, but I mean, there's always yeah, going to be a cab to cab go through. But there's always going to be a cab to go through. Yeah, but what if your cab blows up? Mm. That's no. why you know going straight you into the PA. acoustic show. Yeah, I mean, I think Sansam GT2 is going to be the best option. I mean, it's got to be that it does loads of different amps, like modelled amp sounds, really yeah. well. Yeah, Analog- GT2 is a wicked pedal. All analog still, right, Matt? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, because it's all it's all analog, like modeling yeah like, very... it's it's all done with those little dip switches isn't it yeah it's such a weird so bit of technology weird. how do they do that no idea magnets um, james says gentlemen mxr gtod opinions please matt mxr gtod um it's all right it's it's basically just another tube screamer um <laughs> Matt's opening line for about a hundred different pedals. <laughs> it's just basically just another tube screamer. But that, but you know it. I think there's so many distortion pedals and so many drive pedals out there. It, you know you. It's it's more rare now that you plug into something and you go wow that like generally sounds like quite different. Um, and I just keep going. If you want that sound, why don't you just buy a TS9? Yeah, I do. I I, I have to agree with Matt. I think. Um, the, the pedal market is so saturated at the moment that um, you need to bring something more, uh, you know, to the table than, How about than the GTOD. Make it smaller. That's a, that tube is, screamer. I know. Mini. I know where you're going. I just and have you seen the commercial that Ibanez have put together for that? No. It's a it's a guy trying to fit his tube screamer onto his pedal board, <laughs> and there's not enough room. Is and it? Is he's there in his too many? Are there too many Ibanez pedals on the pedal board? Is that <laughs> there's it? actually there are lots of other brands, but there's conveniently tape over right, the right, name right. of right. all the other brands. Like there's a Line Six. Um, oh, what's the green delay? DL Four. DL Four. But with like Line Six taped over and stuff. Right. Anyway, he's, he's trying to, and he can't find a space for, for for the tube screamer. And he's in the basement of his house, and his housemate comes down and opens uh, their dryer that's just finished a wash and takes out his shirt, which is now the size of a child's shirt, and looks all upset and walks off. And the guy with the pedalboard has an idea, and he, <laughs> he, he puts his <laughs> puts his DS9 in the dryer. Brings it out ten minutes later, and voila! It has become a mini tube screen. That sounds amazing. Is I that, don't think it's that, actually their official commercial. I, for it. A video. I, I don't think the yeah. Guitar Nerds podcast would endorse anybody trying to shrink down any of their pedals by putting them in the dryer. Oh, well, more importantly, 
Let us try it on video first <laughs> and put it on the internet. Do you think a Boss TU2, TU3 would survive living in a, uh, doing, doing the spin in a tumble dryer? So Joe and I did some oh, experiments God. once with a, yeah. um, oh, no. a TU3. With a TU3. And They're supposed it to be all, indestructible. So they are supposed to be indestructible, but you never gave Joe me made a massive the, mistake. <laughs> you never gave me these as rules. I didn't understand. I thought it just meant as simple as they are indestructible. So what would you do? <laughs> say you dropped, you accidentally dropped your pedal into a pint of lager. Let me say a pint. Let's it's, a it jug. Was, it was a two. It was yeah. It was a two liter jug the of plan, lager. So the plan was to basically immerse this in beer, dry it out. And then plug it in again. I am 99% sure that that still would have worked because much of the housing is like closed off and the liquid isn't a problem. It's only really like if you get something that's sugary. Um, the beer is sugary. I know it is, but I think drying it out would still have been fine because it's boss and because they are super hard wearing. I think that would have totally worked. Like I've seen people spill whole pints of lager yeah, over yeah, yeah. a boss pedal and they've been fine once they've been dried out so you didn't give me that <laughs> joe took the pedal soaking bear mind, wet bear in mind this was all this was all filmed for a video <laughs> took the pedal soaking wet and then including the battery which he'd left in <laughs> um, and turned it on and unsurprisingly it didn't work it still, in fact it still turned on but it just like had fried itself a bit and it was doing something weird so the real test would be, can we put a TS9 in the wash and then bring it out, dry it out first... In the, in the tumble dryer. And see if it still works. Yeah, we tumble dry it, obviously, because <laughs> that makes loads of sense. So what we've learned is, if you ever spill anything on your pedals, dry them out before you turn them back on. I certainly learned that. <laughs> I'm really glad that those pedals were free. <laughs> yes, yes, courtesy of Boss, thank you very much. Um... <laughs> So, uh, yes, yeah, so we're saying what, TS9 Mini, the brand new one, is the one to go oh, for. Oh, well, yeah, it's definitely a great pedal. Is I it mean, t- I still sorry. don't care. Oh. I don't care about it being smaller. But it isn't a TS9. I no, thought it was a, a, it's an 808. Oh, it's an 808. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, we, um, have you AB'd them? Has anyone like had an 808 and the No, not yet. Matt? No, no. I might do that tomorrow, actually. Have you got one? Did you buy one? No. Oh, right, okay, fine. Just got access to one. <laughs> I've just got access to one. Right, yeah. okay, fine. So, um, yeah, I'll be curious. Uh, let's come back next week. Maybe we should do a an episode on Tube Screamers and other Tube Screamer-esque pedals. Can't, that episode could be, like, everything. could be like five minutes long, though. Why? Well, there's yeah, there's yeah, a just, lot out there. Yeah, okay, all right. I mean, Rural it will... Green Mile? There is. There's I, a lot. I have one of those for a while. Yeah, they're a great little pedal. There's loads of options. I reckon we could do a whole thing on that, and or just different like overdrives that yeah. f- fill a sa- the same space on people's pedal game based overdrives. Like exactly. Uh, yeah, like cleaner drives. Yeah, like something that pushes. <laughs> Phil says, any suggestions for ebony necked guitars? Like my Jim Root Telly, but less of a metal player's machine. Can't afford custom shop though, sadly. So I guess he means ebony fretboard rather than ebony neck. Yes. Any ideas? Um, I don't think there's anything, is there? What? Not with an ebony fretboard. That's like really rare. Even even by Gibson standards, there's barely anything that comes with an ebony fretboard. Do um, ESP? I, I saw, mean, I, was just I know thinking. they're not like they're still kind of metally, I guess. But some of the ESP stuff, I think, comes with an ebony board. 
Um, actually, a, uh, I think I think there are um, some ESB bits, bits and bobs that come with an ebony board. I tell you where to go for uh, for for that sort of thing. Actually, um, one of the bands that I was on tour with, a band called Lost in the Riots, um, their guitarist was playing his new um, Warmoth Telly, Warmoth okay. Warmoth Telly, um, with uh, that that he'd had done with an ebony board. It was very similar to the the Jim Root. But um, he reckons it cost him it cost him less than an American Jim Root telly, and it was uh, it was it was white, it was bound, um, it was single coils with but with black hardware, so differed from the yeah. uh, the Jim Root in that sense. But yeah, but but um, a compound radius ebony board on there, and he reckons he paid about seven hundred pounds for all the parts. Of course, you do still have to put yep. the Wormuth together when you get them shipped across, but I think that is. Wormuth must be one of the best options for getting unusual things like that. Yep. The, the, the thing I love about Wormuth is uh, if, if you're picking something for your fretboard, as if you're picking neckwood, bodywood, or, or whatever, um, you don't just have like rosewood, maple, or ebony. You've, you've already got maybe five, Zabrano. six. Yeah. That, I mean, you've got loads of different types of rosewood from like Palferro to sort of yep. some of the, the darker Brazilian things. And, and there's just... There's so much choice, so I think if you want something really specific, and you want to be this specific about ebony, for me, I've always been unsure about ebony because rosewood's soft and maple's hard, and ebony's hard. So then ebony is the same as maple. That's, I mean they they've got a similar sound, I think, but I still think that ebony has definitely has a different feel. And I also think you get like faster attack from it. There's definitely like something a bit more springy and lively about ebony. Um, I guess it's, it's the, definitely not like rosewood in any way. Just because it's a dark wood doesn't yeah. necessarily no, mean. No, that. yeah, it's, it's a million miles from that. I think it's, it's probably just as a bass player. I don't think we we virtually don't come into contact with ebony. That's true. Um, so I probably don't know that much about it. But it always just seemed to be on spec from what what people talk about the 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 features being of ebony. If if you would just read them off without hearing what wood it was, I'd think it was maple that you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 completely. I mean, I would say that uh, if you want, if you like how the Jim Root feels and you want something a bit less metal, why not just get another Jim Root and change the pickups? Like, go for something that's a bit more versatile, something that you can call tap, something like maybe like a bare knuckle, you know, PAF style pickup. Because those Jim Root guitars are amazing. Um, and if you wanted a versatile telly, I mean, that. It's a really odd request, actually, to want an ebony board and want something less metal because ebony is a wood that is just so solely... It um, totally lends itself to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Matt, anything that you can think of or are we thinking that those are the best option, either a custom build or replace the pickups in a gym route? Um, I think the custom build is probably the best way to go just because, you could, like Joe says, you can have absolutely anything, neck wood, fretboard, radius, you know, neck width. I've had a couple of Warmoth necks and they've always come out like absolutely amazing yeah so i it's probably the best the best option really i quite fancy getting a rosewood necked p-base with an ebony board just because what? i really like the That's feel ridiculous. of the rosewood neck on the back but i really like the zinginess of the ebony that would be awesome i don't know why i do this podcast Sai <laughs> <laughs> says does anyone know if i can use my blackstar ht1 solely through the headphones do I need the cab connected? What's the deal? What is the deal? No. What, you need a cab connected? 
No, it's um, it automatically. <laughs> I think as soon as you plug the headphones no. in, it disconnects the cab. Okay, are we certain about that before someone blows something up? I could recommend reading the manual. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, very good. I think, uh, yeah. If you, if you don't, go on. But yeah, if you don't want to do that, then plug a cab in first and then try it without. Uh, I think I think that's right on this one. Um, yeah, I was doing, uh, I was shooting the demo videos with the um, with the Black Star guys for this, and I'm I'm pretty sure that that was one of the big features of this is that there's nothing complicated. You can just plug those headphones in, and it will automatically cut the cab. Because it's also there's no on on any of those uh, HT amps, they don't have a standby switch. Okay. Um, but that's because uh, the standby is automatically. Um, engaged when you unplug oh, really? the I guitar thought, I thought it was because it was just 12AX7s in them. Uh, I mean, across the board, even all the, all the way up to the uh, the HT like, 100s. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They, um, they, they don't have a standby switch. The standby is automatically engaged when you unplug. That's, yeah. that's a really nice So it's feature. constantly in standby. It's kind until of idiot-proof. There's nothing more annoying than um, sharing your valve head with another band when at a gig where the other band have never come into contact with valve heads before and they just crack everything off when they're finished with them. Or yeah, straight on. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just my don't turn one the volumes down and don't turn the standby on. Yeah. I just got into the habit of that. Like I always turn input gain and volume down and then turn the standby yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the same way, you know, it's just... But also, Joe, this wouldn't that wouldn't help this if because the way you engage the standby is by unplugging the guitar. So if all they're going to do is go on and just turn it off, you're still going to have the same issue. Uh-huh. That's a really good system, that. Oh, cheers, I, Blackstar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why no one's thought of that before. Just having the jack as the standby yeah. off totally yeah. makes sense. And it, yeah, I'm 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 with with Matt on this. I'm pretty sure that if you plug into the the back of the amp it it disengages the speaker i'm sure it will disengage the speaker but the problem is where does the load go like where does the uh (laughs) where does the heat go like that's why you get like something like a a cab clone or a exactly because it's you've got to have somewhere to actually send i i think with um something as small as the ht fives and ones I don't think it's an issue. What, what, I think what we're collectively saying is read, read the manual. The manual. <laughs> Definitely read the manual. Anyway, uh, that's the last of the questions. Um, I guess it's time we should probably wrap this up. I should say the podcasts are usually going to be about an hour, but uh, we Matt's going away or is, can't do podcasts for a while, so we thought we'd get uh, one. We're, we're all here out the door. Um, just to, just to iron out any... This is like... This is like the pilot of Twin Peaks. It is. This, yeah. is, this was like a directionless pilot. Yeah. yeah. Do you think we can have uh, like segments in um in in our future podcast? Yeah, we'll have news, reviews, emails. Ooh, can I record some little like sound bites? No. No. Can there be like um can there be like a uh, news and no. then, like <laughs> things like that? No, How will yeah, the reviews like... one sound? God, we got a review. Stuff like that, little sound bites. No. Definitely not. Yeah, maybe you can. I don't know. Who knows where this is going to go? Um, let's. If you want to find out where this is going to go, best bet is to follow us on our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds group. Uh, you can also check out the website, sign up to the email, uh, mail out at guitarnerds.net, um, where you'll find 
hopefully more podcasts like this, uh, videos, news, not like this. reviews, <laughs> features. Um, I started writing something called the Pedal Papers, where I look at uh, kind of old pedals, starting off with a favourite, the Ibanez LF7 Lo-Fi yes. Filter. Oh, what a great pedal. Indeed, indeed it is. Um, so uh, you can follow us there. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Guitar Nerds, um, Guitar Nerds videos on YouTube, or you can follow us individually. Uh, I'm at Mark Random on Twitter. Where are you boys on the internet? Uh, you can find me at J-A-Y-B-N-1. Matt? Uh, you can find me at Matt underscore Nightsy. That's night with S-I-E on the end. And you can find me at at Yosef underscore 900. Worth mentioning that we are going to be setting up a Patreon for the podcast and the site. So uh, if you do want to uh, contribute to making this podcast run and maybe buying us you know, a pizza or some crisps or something for us while we record. Um, we'll be setting that up. Also, we're going to have merchandise coming, T-shirts and the like. If you want to get a Guitar Nerd T-shirt, then those will Tiaras, be... Tiaras, yeah, contraceptives. Yeah. Like the JLS condoms, but, like, nowhere near as attractive. That'll be so good. We could get each of our faces on the end. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and with that, I think uh, it's time to say goodbye. Thanks very much for listening to the first ever episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. Onwards and upwards. Mainly upwards. Yes, definitely upwards. <laughs> Cheers, bye. Cheers, bye. Bye-bye. Ready? Hello? Yes. Oh. Such <laughs> <laughs> so Joe Branton. Oh, I'm so glad that it's back. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.